Hello, everybody! Welcome back to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. My name is Charles, and with me today, as always, is my lifelong friend and co-host, Dylan. I'm ready to talk some fantasy with my friend, Charles. I am ready to talk some fantasy with my friend as well, Dylan, and not just any fantasy today, because today we are going back to the House of the Dragon TV show. At the time of this recording, episode six has just come out. There has been a big casting shift in the show, so we thought that it was only fitting to go back and take a look at the early years with the younger cast and do a recap of the show through the younger actors' arcs, episodes one through five, and we'll talk a little bit about six, but primarily to focus on this first half of the show where we stand today. You're right about that, Charles. I'm feeling that nostalgia for the early years already, and that's not to be confused with your band in high school. That was Um, called nostalgia. It's just more of that feeling of nostalgia that (laughs) I'm experiencing. It doesn't have to do with that. Great. Thank you for bringing up my high school band. We played rock covers, okay? That's why we called ourselves Nostalgia. It was very clever. And uh, we you were not see bad. Charles, lead singer when it comes to Walk This Way by Aerosmith. It was sweet emotion, actually. <laughs> I That's always say it was Walk This I always mistake it for, for a different Aerosmith song. <laughs> and I think at one point I said Dream On, and you were pretty alarmed by the idea of having to hit oh, some of those notes. Yeah, I can't sing actually for real, so <laughs> you have to do the songs where they're just talking. Uh, but yeah, no, we um, at the coffee house jam in high school. Um, look at us already reminiscing uh, just like we're reminiscing today about House of Dragon we can't help it our minds just (laughs) go back back. to those early years with Millie Alcock of course Um, I think uh, it was Emily Carey who played the young Alicent these characters they're already characters that we're reminiscing about that we miss and it's only been like just over a week yeah I'm going to miss them. I really am, all jokes aside. Mm -hmm. I feel like Millie Alcock and Emily Carey did fantastic jobs portraying the the two young uh, women, Uh, young Renera, young Allison. And, you know, uh, we're going to mostly cover one through five here. We might uh, allude to things in six a little bit. So Mm this will be... This will be my spoiler warning for nice. episodes one through five and I'll say six, at least a little bit, so we can fair. be free to talk. Uh, mm-hmm. So you might want to turn this down in your headphones if you haven't watched all that and you don't want to hear spoilers. But yeah, I I definitely am having a little bit of an adjustment period trying mm-hmm. to get used to the, the new actors, especially in those two roles mm-hmm. and... Yeah, it's it's strange. We're gonna miss those two. Such phenomenal performances, right, George? Absolutely, very phenomenal. It's kind of interesting to recast the show five episodes in with a whole new cast. At some level, I'm on board with it. I'm like, let's move the story forward. No need to drag along. I think one of the criticisms I had of Game of Thrones back in the day was like, <laughs> you guys hear that? That's Riley. <laughs> what um, is squeaking? That's my dog, Riley, uh, discovering her chew toy right next to me. 
She's playing right now with her toy by herself. Uh, so if you hear Jingle... You'll edit all that out, right, Charles? Oh, yeah, for sure. We edit everything. We edit every episode <laughs> here in the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. Uh, no, I probably won't. Um, so anyway, before I got interrupted by my pups. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, what are we talking about? Game of Thrones? Uh, House of Dragon? It, it's, it's an interesting <laughs> move, right? To... To recast the show, but uh, one of the gripes I had about the original Game of Thrones is that sometimes it was like, do we need to see everything? Let's get to the action. And you could tell they were speeding that along in the last couple seasons of Game of Thrones. They were doing that catch-up game, but I think this show decided as part of how are we going to be different, how are we going to stand out? Well, let's get to the goods. Let's, Let's speed up this season. It's an interesting play. Right, and it was jarring when Game of Thrones suddenly switched to this, let's just move through it, the last couple seasons, especially the last season. Right. And we're used to this slow burn character development, and then all of a sudden it was like characters were changing episode to episode come season eight. Right, right. This, I think, what they are doing that's more successful with the let's move it along attitude is when you know that it's, I mean, this last time skip was 10 years, when you know that much time has gone by, all they have to do is kind of send the characters toward that direction, Mm -hmm. and you're willing to buy, okay, 10 years has passed, and this character has kept moving in this direction in terms of their development. Like, the character that most comes to mind for me around that is Kristen Cole, Mm -hmm. who was shifting allegiances at the time of the end of episode five, uh, more away from uh, from Renera and toward Allison. And then when we come back in episode six, he's full on team Allison. So For things sure. like that, it gets away with a lot better and it is less jarring. So, yeah, it's interesting. Yeah, well see, said. Yeah, it, it, doing it well. I, I thought the transition was very smooth. They didn't waste any time. They just delivered it plainly, straight away, and you buy into it quickly. The only to even call it a complaint is unfair. But the only like thing I'm sad about is losing some of these actors. But I'm open to the performances that the new actors can bring but we'll just have to wait another day to see exactly what they bring to the table but so far i am i'm optimistic uh i did want to you know focus this episode on the uh, the early years here dylan and now that we're five episodes in just finished episode six uh let's do a vibe check how how are you how are you feeling all, all across the board here for the show generally i'm feeling really good mm-hmm. i think that the show is doing a phenomenal job of following up Game of Thrones with a prequel that we can all enjoy, be captivated mm. by. I think that I, uh, you know, the last couple episodes for me, that would be, I guess, four and five from the perspective that we're trying to uh, right. talk to, weren't quite as strong as, let's say, episode mm. three, I thought was was great. Interesting. Um, I just because I think we're getting really into this like interpersonal drama in a way where some of the some of the politicking and definitely a lot of the action have been just not as prominent right in the last couple i know mm-hmm. it's necessary but i i always 
prefer if i had to rank those things i probably most prefer the politicking next for me would be like the battles and the action and probably third is just like interpersonal drama just for the <laughs> right. sake of it like without minus the politicking I right feel like right. there has been a lot of interpersonal drama without mm. politicking being like a huge part of it that's fair and I like what you said because the show did have the very difficult task of two things that a lot of modern TV shows and movies, I think, try and do and fail more often than they succeed is one, make a prequel, which is like such a hard thing to do for a popular show. Two, it's like basically you almost can call it a reboot, but like continuing the legacy of a popular franchise. We see we see shows like Star Wars that get the occasional win and the occasional loss. They just can't seem to keep the fans happy all the time. You've, you've, we've gotten a Jurassic Park movie. We've gotten a Top Gun movie. It's like so many of these things are coming back and, and to do whether it's a prequel or a sequel or a reboot or this or that, it's 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 always dicey. And, and I think with a show as controversial as Game of Thrones, I, I, the risk was even higher for House of the Dragon. And I, they're admirably doing a great service to the Game of Thrones community and fans. And they're delivering a show that is a spiritual successor and also doing stuff that's totally new and interesting. A lot of changes that were calculated to be different from uh, Game of Thrones and a lot of changes that... Um, try and keep the show modern and fresh and I, and I I am enjoying all of it. It's interesting that you um were talking about the more recent episodes kind of lagging. I'll agree with you. I think episode 5 was probably of all the episodes so far the weakest. But I think episode 4 might be my favorite. And there was no action wow. in it, but it was probably at least it was the best written episode, I have to say. Episode three was the one where um, Damon takes on the crab feeders. Is that episode three? Yeah. Okay. Yeah. That was a fun it's one. Also, it's, if I'm remembering it correctly, it's also the one that has the hunting going on. Yeah. It's oh, like yeah, yeah, the yeah, first yeah. real time skip. And the it's stag. got... Yeah, it's got Renera kind of grappling with these ideas of... Mm. Uh, like okay i am the heir but now like aegon is kind of you know i think he's only like two or something like that Mm -hmm. at that time but you know he's clearly a presence he's the male firstborn son of viserys and Mm -hmm. i think with all that going on it was it was really interesting to see how the characters were reacting Uh, i really enjoyed that but yeah, okay. Episode four, meanwhile, to remind folks of what was going on there. The King of the, the Narrow Sea where... is what the episode's called. Mm. And this is the one where Damon comes back and we we get incest, which is <laughs> always a part of Game of Thrones. For I sure. Think. They get away with it at a level that I think very few shows would be able to get away with now because people just expect it. Right. Like, oh my God, incest is going on, which I think people are more sensitive to that probably now than they were right. back when the original Game of Thrones came out. But it's almost like I've seen people just have this reaction of, oh, it's incest. That's very strange. I don't know. I feel, oh yeah, it's Game of Thrones. Right. I but I also <laughs> feel like the way that scene that. was built up to and filmed and shot and presented 
was incredibly thoughtful. I know in Game of Thrones, it was always shown to be provocative and to shock you. Like, all Mm -hmm. of a sudden, we have young Bran climbing a tower, and then he peeks in a window, and what does he see? Whoa, full-on incest happening. And and so it's, like, very provocative in that sense. But in, in, in this episode episode four as much as i was like watching through my fingers for some of it because of the whole incest and also taking advantage of kind of weird vibes that were going on it was really well done it kind of takes away the like provocative nature of like one the sex and two the incest and three it, it it's one of those complicated scenes where you can't tell who's initiating what and what's really happening. and It, it kind of keeps you being like, well, what are we even watching right now? It's uncomfortable. It's weird. And, and I don't know. I just thought it was really tastefully done and really thoughtfully done. And I remember watching the director whose name escapes me for that episode. But she was talking in like the after the show thing. And she was like, yeah, I just made a scene that you rarely get presented in a way you rarely get to see, but in a way I felt honest and that felt honest to me. And I could really see that and respect that in that moment, even though I'm not a huge fan of what actually happened in that scene. I was like, it was really well done. And that can be a hard thing to do, especially today of like, how do you broach the topics of, you know, incest or an older relative taking advantage of a younger relative or, or, you know, things like that. And uh, I just, I just, as much as I was watching through my fingers, I thought it was a great, great scene. It was a great scene. And that director's Claire Kilner. Thank you. I know she was talking in that after the episode thing that they do. And it was cool to see that she was, you know, we have a woman directing this episode and thinking a lot more mm-hmm. from the perspective of, of not overdoing any like male gaze aspects, uh, which were extremely common in the original Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. So you can tell there's a lot more thought going into how to portray some of these scenes. And well said. we've moved away from a lot of that. They used to call it, um, oh, God. Sex position, like yeah. exposition, like a portmanteau for of sex plus exposition. Yeah, right? we don't really see that as much in House of the Dragon, where they just have, uh, you know, naked women and mostly on yeah. uh, on scene just to keep people like you know it's very low brow. Uh, <laughs> I guess how they how they think of the viewers if they feel like they need to be showing a naked woman to yeah, keep well, Game them of Thrones is kind of bridging the gap the from over. like cable paid cable to through the internet streaming right game of thrones was kind of that crossover show and a lot of old hbo was like that show things you can't normally show on tv sex and drugs and violence and and game of thrones was you know a part of that time i i personally you know there were some moments in game of thrones that i would agree with critics saying like that was a over the top that was you know not very you know open-minded approach to showing the scene but other times that you know it's entertaining uh it can be funny it can be you know interesting but i think when we talk about you know being a spiritual successor to game of thrones i think this is one of the really interesting ways that they did that it's like how do we tackle 
the sex position angle of Game of Thrones. We can still go to a brothel and still have like orgies and nudity and stuff like that, but we can focus on this bizarre, never know what's going to happen next force that is Damon and what is he going to do in these moments and and um, what what are, what are these characters going to do together now and that like that's the focus and it was just a fresh perspective for all of it i think we're better for it i'll also yeah i'll also say the the classic sex position scenes in game of thrones were times where i, rem- I remember one i might get slightly wrong it's been a while since i rewatched mm. the original game of thrones but i remember one where it was Viserys, the Viserys um, that was <laughs> Daenerys's brother from the original Game of Thrones, right. uh, not the current King Viserys in mm-hmm. House of the Dragon. And he's explaining to, uh, I think, a prostitute, like, oh, there haven't been any dragons in a really long time. And she's just naked. <laughs> like, she's just naked. And they're kind of right. like, I think they're making out or whatever. They're in a bath together. Something like that, right? They're definitely in a and bath together in no, one scene. Right. I think it was that scene. And I think it was a discussion about, like, oh, there haven't been any dragons Yeah, in a I think they're time. admiring the dragon and, eggs in the bath and all that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I kind of remember that scene. I don't think it was even... There weren't dragon eggs yet because oh. that happens at the end of the first season of Game of Thrones and mm. Viserys is already dead by that time. Rest in peace. I thought I they always had the eggs. Of, I thought the eggs were gifted to them at the wedding. No, that, oh, yeah, you're right. You're right. The eggs, yeah. they thought they, they were like... Just they ornamental. Hatch, yeah, I guess yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I should say. Yeah, you're correct. I think the eggs just were considered like an ornament at that right, point. Right. Um, but they probably were looking at the eggs now that you bring that up. Mm-hmm. And uh, yeah, anyway, point being, the the purpose of that scene was to get across to the viewer, hey, there haven't been dragons in a really long time. And that could have been expressed in any number of ways. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> and it didn't have to be in a scene where they're in a bath together. Fair. And she's topless. <laughs> yeah. However, the difference in House of the Dragon is being in a brothel with his Damon being in a brothel that he took his niece to yeah. and then making moves to get like sexually involved with her mm. in that brothel the setting of a brothel and all everything was going on there is central and key to the scene and what's yes. actually happening and what the you know what they're trying to get across for the story right. and that's a difference that's why i don't consider it like a sex position scene yeah it's a scene where that stuff was a critical part of what had to happen if they're telling this story well said and it uh, what even makes it the next level and why this to me is the best written episode of the season so far and maybe my favorite episode so far is not only is that scene well written on its own but when you look at the overall theme of the episode it kind of parallels Allison's journey as a young woman in this world as well and the sexuality that like the weird sexual stuff she's experiencing being the queen to old crusty uh, potentially what's what's that disease he's got the wow. he's got this the uh, gray scale. do you potent- think it's grayscale i feel like i it's don't not know been- i feel like he would have been dead by now if it was he's grayscale. lasting so long <laughs> yeah. i mean i since we can discuss a little like episode six can we say how shocking it is that this guy's still kicking 10 <laughs> years after episode five i know he's gonna like, outlive them all constantly <laughs> i know it's like i can't believe they're still tr- 
trotting Viserys out there. He's missing a full arm now. He looks like he's like death itself. I mean, they were bringing out leeches 10 years ago and he's still kicking. Yeah. Pretty amazing. I mean, surprise the guys any blood left. They're all that leech treatment. It's well said. I have no idea. Uh, but it's interesting because at the right before that happens, when they're all like, you know, Damon returns and they're having that little garden party and Allison's like, oh, why don't we tour the tapestries? And they all laugh at her. Um, mm-hmm. Allison and uh, Renera are having that conversation. And I love that conversation because, you know, Renera is complaining, right? She's like, oh, I'm went on this tour everyone just wants to be with me because i'm the queen it's so annoying having all these people whatever in my life and allison's like it's rare for girls in this realm to get a choice between two suitors no less a score of them and that's she also renera complains my father seems content to sell me off to whoever has the biggest castle and then she goes there are worse oh no that's damon there are worse things to be sold off for so all this stuff is coming out and Allison's like, come on, it's it's romantic that these people are competing for your hand. And she's like, oh, how romantic it must be to be trapped inside a castle only to squeeze yeah. out airs, you know, totally tone deaf to who she's talking to. Right. <laughs> Allison, it's like, that's exactly, obviously she doesn't say anything, but it's right. like, that's exactly what her life has become. So, right. It's, uh, I, lo- I like the rift between those two. I think it's, it's kind of starts been really, right. yeah. It's it starts I I guess it kind of the marriage is in, when it starts when you marry your yeah. friend's dad the kind of friendship kind of rocky at that point if not over when you become right. the like a tale as old as time <laughs> Charles so. <laughs> yeah <laughs> I mean you speak about it like it happens all the you're like like you've witnessed it a thousand times you know when you marry your friend's dad it's just. It really, gets really tough to keep the friendship going. I've seen it enough to know. Yeah. Eleven times. I get <laughs> eleven times. No, it makes a lot of sense. I, I think I just really like I think the rift between Allison and Renera is pretty much the like the focal point of this entire series so far. Yeah. And because it is I'm glad that they've done such a good job of building that over time. And it hasn't been this like instant separation between the two where they, they hated each other right away. Once the marriage happens, it's actually kind of veered back and forth a little bit. Right. Since then, you know, with mm-hmm. a few efforts to reconcile on, I would say both sides even maybe more so so. Allison making Mm -hmm. efforts early on Mm -hmm. and then finally especially post time skip we've reached a point where uh, it seems irreconcilable they're like the biggest contenders yeah the biggest area of tension for sure yeah and it's 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 in this episode that the stark difference in their life situations. (laughs) There we go. That's right. The stark (laughs) difference between their, um, their ways of life is, is directly juxtaposed, right? You have the scenes at first, these scenes are great. And I'm thinking, Oh, what a nice guy. Um, you know, Damon is, he's being like the fun uncle taking her out in the town, showing her the life, you know? And while she's having fun, (laughs) Allison's, you know, 
like holding a crying baby or being called to sleep with Viserys or all these other like uh, like you know considered boring kind of things of being locked away in the tower right that's kind of the lifestyle that we see compared to uh, a Rhaenyra who's basically free at this point because she has kind of like circed her responsibilities right like not committing to getting married and and living up to her station and all that she's still kind of flirting with i can do whatever i want i'm free i'm not responsible to anyone right now and um she starts to learn after this episode and a lot of episode five is kind of about her realizing that she's does have responsibilities and she does have to grow up and pick a side but she holds out and that puts a strong rift between her and Alicent and what's good about those moments is you can see both sides of the argument right like Alicent is is queen and when she's speaking to Rhaenyra she's giving her good advice like Rhaenyra like getting married can be a nice romantic thing you get to choose who you want to marry like this is really exciting, and I only want the best for you in these moments, right? And then on the other side, you have Rhaenyra who goes, you know, for men, marriage might be a political arrangement. For women, it's a death sentence. And remember, her mother was, you know, mi- yeah. giving birth until it killed her, right? So she is emotionally scarred from that, too. You can see why she would want to just be left alone. And she even says at one point, oh, I just want to be left alone. And you know, you're not wrong in that, too. It's unfair that in this society she's forced to get married and have kids and that's like her life for the duty of the realm right so that that dichotomy between them what makes it so good is that there's truth on both sides there definitely is truth on both sides charles and i think there's there's this disconnect even between viserys and renera on this idea of doing your duty where Mm. like you you bring up there charles she's calling a death sentence she has seen her own mother die because of basically being treated like a baby mill right and then viserys is like look even i had to marry for the realm like everyone does their duty it's like viserys you don't understand the difference between you like this however old he's supposed to be like middle-aged man mm-hmm. marrying uh like young woman of your choice and then like not there's no risk to your like no physical risk to you right and then Renera, who she's like okay if i do this there's political risk of yeah. like okay people might have trouble accepting if i marry some you know, a Lannister, right? There was mm-hmm. a scene where the Lannister was trying to make his move on her. <laughs> Look how they keep dumping which, by on the, way, the Lannister a, guy. <laughs> yeah, right. I That's actually that was like a great casting for later. the Lannister. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, He's doing a good I, job. I thought he was a great Lannister. Mm-hmm. And then, uh, what was I? Uh, yeah, so, you know, she marries a Lannister and then... You know, she's on the Iron Throne and she's supposed to be the queen. He's supposed to be, they call it like the king consort, right? Right. That it's going to be a big adjustment for the folks in Westeros to see, oh no, the Lannister man who's right there on like, you know, maybe not sitting on the Iron Throne, but he's, uh, he's a ruler in some way. The king is in the name. We're not supposed to 
see him as the king we're supposed to see this woman as a king that's an adjustment there's political threat and of course the bodily threat that uh you were mentioning before charles she literally could die from trying to produce heirs and And i think that's well stated at the end of this episode where viserys and rhaenyra are talking about the scandal that's coming out and and then Rhaenyra's like, oh, come on. Like, if you were out, like, any man could go out and sire a hundred illegitimate bastards and no one would right. care. And he's like, yeah, exactly. But you were born a woman, okay? You have these things you need to fight yeah. and overcome. And and the scandal being the, like, people thinking that she had sex with Damon. Coupled, um, I think, was, that, was that, uh, Otto Hightower said. Coupled, right. <laughs> they were uh, coupling. He was trying to be sensitive. To, <laughs> he really to didn't want to say it. Yeah. He's like, don't make me say it. Which, <laughs> he's like, you can figure out what I'm saying. Yeah. <laughs> These two got up but, to. Uh, what, another but favorite Viserys part of this episode him. is Viserys, a rare moment of authority from Viserys, where he's like, speak plainly, and he does a bunch of other things this episode, too, where he finally, like lays down some law in the in, in amongst his house oh he like kicked <laughs> the crap out of a hungover damon as well and he was like banished him although right. of course like a viserys banishing it's a very light banishing <laughs> because you can just show up for a wedding later yeah you can come back later it's fine you know it's a temporary you know, for thing. a big event right. you know a wedding it's right, like exactly. we can make some exceptions to banishing someone like, forever. Yes, you tried to take advantage of my daughter at one point, and you admitted it to my face. But you know, it's a, it's the wedding. You gotta sit at the table at the wedding. So, <laughs> and then, uh, he, but he has that hard conversation with her. It's like the truth doesn't matter. It's it's all about the optics, right? It's all about the image, and that's one of the burdens of being king. You have to have the accountability for not just your actions, but also for how people will perceive for perception, I think is what he says, perception. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I think that was kind of a wake up call for Rhaenyra as well. This idea of like, we aren't born equally. We all have different sets of biases in society that we have to overcome men and women. Right. And especially in royalty, when you're royal and you, have that duty to the realm that's kind of larger than yourself. And I think he brings out the dagger again and talks about the Song of Ice and Fire again in those moments, too. Oh, yeah, he did. He's like, this is a greater responsibility (laughs) than whether you marry someone you like or not, okay? So you're going to marry the um, Valyrian and you're going to like it. Which I also admire from, it's like, you should have done that so long ago. (laughs) Like, if only you had done that from the beginning. Yeah, that might have saved some trouble because yeah. it, yeah, things things get out of hand pretty quick after after she nearly couples with Damon, mm-hmm. who is uh, Damon is unable to follow through because he starts feeling like he lost control of the situation as soon as she starts showing actual interest right. in uh, in coupling <laughs> and. <laughs> right and he's just he ends up having to leave because he just the whole thing for him was this like power play this mm-hmm. dominance mm-hmm. so to see her actually like oh no i'm down rather than taking advantage of her damon not not up for that so that that doesn't speak well to damon's character no nope. and then she comes back and she 
she might not have coupled with uh, with Damon, but she's pretty quick to start coupling with Kristen Cole. This was an interesting one where it's like, you almost kind of are like, oh, this is a better match than what we just saw. Um, I still kind of, you know, and this is a great performance by Millie Alcock here where she's bordering that line between, okay, is this someone who's just been like, who's still processing this like sexual emotional abuse they just went through and is and is still confused or is this like someone who's looking to get into trouble or is this someone who's looking for like a a genuine connection like she borders that line of, of innocence and confidence and all of that really well in those moments i wasn't quite sure how to feel about their coupling either at the after what we just watched earlier on in the brothel yeah, the power dynamics are tricky mm-hmm. between her and Kristen. They were pretty obvious uh, between her and Damon in terms of like he was uh, abusing his power over her. Mm-hmm. But when it comes to to Kristen, it's like he's actually not supposed to couple with anyone because right. he's king's guard and that's an important that's an important role to him and he's for years at this point been the person who's supposed to listen to whatever the princess asks of him so mm-hmm. it's actually her in a lot of ways that has a lot of power over chris for sure and for sure yeah And I think he, you know, I think he was definitely interested in her. That's probably been lingering for a long Mm -hmm. time. But he, I think he, for multiple reasons, felt powerless to resist that she, uh, she wanted to go, go ahead and do some of that coupling. And we get this long scene and like taking off the armor. I don't know what you think of that whole whole thing. (laughs) It was another (laughs) long... I don't know if we needed... Yeah, I was like, oh god. I was like, again, I'm kind of watching through my fingers a little bit. I was like, ah, okay, like more. (laughs) (laughs) I know you're so squeamish, Charles. Well, (laughs) I probably wouldn't have been if I hadn't... The incest thing caught me a little off guard, but the rest of it wasn't nearly as... wasn't nearly as bad, but... Um, right. Who could have expected in a Targaryen uh, <laughs> show to end up seeing incest? I mean, just, no, just no because you're expecting well it guard. doesn't make it any less um, <laughs> uncomfortable sometimes. But it was, it was a great scene. I mean, no taking away from what was the made. The parts but... Charles was able to see between his fingers were <laughs> exactly. fantastic. I watched it a second time in preparing for the episode and uh, I did a good job. I did a good job. And yeah, it's it's the power dynamic plays interesting in that moment sets Christian Cole on a on a tailspin and that goes in like episode that pays off in episode five. And then now you, you see his allegiance shift in, in episode six and it all stems from him being, like you said, confused and like almost in this paradox of like do I do what the queen kind of orders me to do and what I want to do? Or do I do what my order says I have to do? Like, what do you do when those contradict? And, you know, poor Christian Cole, he, he, he's from outside the Westerosi politics. And I guess his view of life is much simpler. He's like, oh, let's run away together and eat apples. Yeah. And she's like, what the, what are you talking about? <laughs> and he's just 
He's not yeah, at that apples level. Apples are not as big a sell as he thought they were. <laughs> no, it didn't. The play didn't work. Honestly, it's kind of an appealing offer if you ask me. But uh, yeah, not Targaryen. Someone who genuinely believes in that is not gonna is just gonna get chewed up by the machine that is Westerosi politics. And poor Christian was, um, like you know pretty on the edge there until Allison comes in and uh, saves him from himself in, in some of those darker moments. But yeah, it's interesting how that kind of continued to, I'm going to say evolve, but it's really, I guess you could say degrade is <laughs> the yeah. bond between uh, Rhaenyra and Christian Cole. Definitely. And Let's talk more about the Kristen Cole arc okay. really from episodes like we're here three through five because and I'll say too for the listeners in case you're only listening to this one you're like why are they so focused on ep- like <laughs> three through five and not one or two that's probably because we already recorded like full discussions on episode one and episode two so you can didn't we also do three if you haven't yet. No, we, I don't think we... No, we didn't do three. Interesting. Okay, I thought we did We three. did not do three, Charles. Oh, yeah. Oops. Um, <laughs> I could have sworn so, we did. Oh, whatever. No, I was like, yeah. Anyway, they don't want to hear us work through. <laughs> no, they don't. <laughs> so, anyway, point being, I'm curious to get your thoughts on some of this Kristen Cole stuff because it's actually... The part I I probably ended up feeling most critical about of these last few episodes, uh, Mm -hmm. just in terms of between the what felt almost like melodrama of um, uh, of when he's just very quickly like in love with her and he wants to run away. He's like crying. It's like I like well, this happened really fast Mm -hmm. to then I, I, I think like the acting of him at the wedding where then I, I don't know I just wasn't really buying that he was this guy who was like on the edge of just having a total explosion when it comes to him just pummeling that guy into the dirt yeah. it's Joffrey like, <laughs> Joff- oh, <crap>. <laughs> <laughs> I forgot yeah how could you forget yeah. that it was Joffrey how could I forget <laughs> Yeah, you know, those Joffreys don't fare too well at weddings. <laughs> no, they do not. But, um, right. yeah, I kind of agree. Like, I don't mind the actual, like, on paper, what happens to Christian Cole Agreed. arc. I like the idea of a more startlingly innocent guy who worked really hard, came from nothing, buys into his virtues as a Kingsguard knight who gets totally destroyed by the system just by being this innocent pure kind of guy and going with the people he trusted and and liked and them just abusing him um taking advantage of him to then commit these acts of violence and work against them like i I do think that's a really interesting arc it's kind of and the fact that it's a is a man i think is interesting too it's because if it was a woman it's kind of like takes away from it a little bit i like that there's this like kind of we we see so much in this show about what it's like being female in the world of house of the dragon so i like that there's a guy going through this like potentially sexual assault definitely 
being taken advantage of in some way and how he's processing that as well. And he just internalizes it and, and acts out in violent moments. And I, I'm all for that. But where it fell short for me, like the whole wedding, got to be honest, episode five, if the pacing to me, it almost felt like we were watching like a like a play kind of. It felt very dramatic. It felt very a bit over the top for me. And like, why would Christian Cole like talk like let Joffrey talk to him? Provoke, but not even provokingly. It's like, hey, you and me, buddy. That's yeah. we're 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 cool. Sorry, sorry, like we we both have we both have a mutual interest here in like being cool, right? Like you know, we're in the same boat. Mm-hmm. This is me like introducing myself, and we're going to be working together quite a bit. We're going to be seeing each other <laughs> quite a bit. <laughs> and um, cheers, mate. And then he leaves. And then Christian Cole does nothing. And then all of a sudden, later off camera, there's screams happening, and he's beating him up, to, pummeling him to yeah. death. It, that was a lot to happen off camera and and in that short amount of time. And I think I agree with you. I think that's what you were expressing earlier. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, and Charles, thanks for bringing up the idea that Joffrey was was kind of extending an olive branch, mm-hmm. if anything. I, that's how I read there, into it. He's, that's how I read too. I was like, okay, he could have gone about that in a. I don't know, a more deft way, right? In a way that was more empathetic toward Cole and been a little bit more like kind of how you were. But he didn't know their relationship. We're in this together where like he kind of approached Cole. Oh, and you know what else is a little bit clumsy Mm. is the idea that Joffrey can just look across a crowded room and see the look in Kristen Cole's eyes and be like, ah, that guy, that guy's having an affair with the (laughs) princess. I'm 100% sure. And I'm going to act on this. And Corliss was like, ah, you've got a you've got pretty good vision. Yeah, <laughs> like I'm I, sure, you know, like I'm sure know. he like, found out, and there's like a couple ways he could have potentially not how it's played found though. out. But it's not played that way, Charles. But it's, it's like just look at him; like, he's struck, which that. is not the word they said. They said a, a word we won't say, but he's like he's love struck. <laughs> I don't remember him. what word oh, they said. It no, was the c word. <laughs> oh, okay. I'm pretty sure he's well, just like c word struck, which we won't say. Oh wow. Okay, um, yeah, no, that's uh, that's not happening on FTF. <laughs> definitely <but> not. <laughs> definitely nowhere, not. Nowhere near that. Nope. But I, I feel like, okay, so clumped. if he found out another way, they could have had him, you know, have, I mean, but not a lot of people knew at that time. It was like only Allison. Or did she? Yeah, she learned that before, right? Allison. And before it was the also wedding. the, um, what's his face? The son of the new Hand of the King, who's got the cane. He knew. Oh, you're talking about oh god, um, a strong. Is it drawerless strong? Something like that. That sounds oh. right. Um, yeah, let's. Yeah, it's the that. strong family. I um, strong. So, the, he probably knew, and he. I wouldn't put it past right, him Morris to tell family. anyone in Viserys's in um um Valyrian's. Laris Strong. Laris Strong. I would not <laughs> put it... L-A-R-Y-S. Laris. I wouldn't put it past Laris to whisper things over the Valyrian table about it. Uh, but we don't see that. We don't know that's what happened. That though, But him and um, Alicent, the king, 
Otto, they're the only ones that know besides Rhaenyra and Christian. No, himself. but the king, the king didn't know that it was Christian. Oh yeah, Cole. yeah, yeah. The, that's true. The only people who knew it was Kristen Cole. I mean, I think the it only was one that just knows Allison for sure is Allison. Yeah, right. Because she's like, so, we need to talk about don't... Rhaenyra, and then he just immediately spills the beans, and Allison right. was got more than she was bargaining for in that conversation. For yes, sure. she's like, did something happen? Like, I know you're outside that door. Did something happen? And he's like, it was me. I did it. Please, <laughs> like, the allegations are me. true. It he's like, me. please murder me quickly and don't torture me. He's <laughs> <laughs> like, I pray for execution. Like. Kristen Cole wanted to die so badly in this yeah, episode, and Allison did. just wouldn't let him. Refuses. And yeah, so he, yeah, I don't like, if there was a way where they could have gotten it where he heard it through the grapevine, great. But I don't like the, it's clumsy to me that he looked across the room and just saw it in. The guy who <laughs> charged to guard her with Kristen's his life, eyes. you know, <laughs> like, it, right. it's a bold move for sure. Yes. yes. That was so weird. He, you go ahead. Right. Yeah. He walks up to him and he could have done it, like we were saying, in a, in a more deft way. He could have been empathetic, like, hey, I can relate. I'm in a similar situation on the other side of this marriage, but you and I, we're going to be in this together and I'll look out for you. Like that kind of stuff. And he sort of does that but just in a more smarmy way mm-hmm. and i know that Kristen cole really was not in the mood to take anyone's crap all that being said like like you were getting at charles i don't know where the transition happened from Kristen hearing that it's a generally positive remark uh mm-hmm. and then he's just pummeling joffrey in front of everyone during the i don't know it's the whole thing that was the most clumsy part of the whole series so far for me i agree that it was pretty clumsy and as much as i applaud the pacing of the show that felt a little quick is sir Kristen cole's decline like he got his heart broken and we bought that but from heartbroken to um die by death sentence acting out violent person very quick and it's a progression i'm definitely open to i think it's an interesting progression this idea of like acting out your like after internalizing all this trauma and like being thrown in and just eaten alive at the hands of politics in this court right to just acting out in the most simple way possible brute violence punching a guy to death it's effective i am open to it but there wasn't that much to gain by killing joffrey like that wasn't a character we cared about or interested in they showed one like nice intimate scene uh, with joffrey so but you it's still like that was only a few minutes ago. You, you don't really care about who this guy is. He holds no political intrigue. His death did not send shockwaves through all these political alliances. Like when they teased Viserys collapsing at the end, which was uh, kind of corny, if you ask me. Uh, again, read like a bad play where it's like, and then the king collapses. Uh, or the, the, like the wine spills into the blood or whatever it was. And it's like fade to black. You're like, okay, we could have done could have done better than that guys sorry but anyway like that would have that would be a shocking death where it's like that kicks off a whole bunch of political intrigues 
Joffrey's death kicks off nothing, and I don't, I don't know. I, like to me, it was just kind of a whole. It just struck me as odd, the whole pacing of of that scene at the wedding. But it did lead to Viserys finally being like, "No, we're just getting them married." Because of course, before this whole thing of what were they going to do, it was like. Um, Seven days of tournament and feasting. Like seven days of <laughs> tournaments and feasting. That's all Viserys knows how to do is throw tournaments. Oh, every and time feast. Viserys is like, "Oh, there's going to be this big tournament," it's like, "Oh no, something's going to go <laughs> terribly wrong." <laughs> it's so, like the third tournament that he was trying to start, but because there was the hunt, which you could consider a tournament. Sure. Then the tournament yeah. of his son's birth, who wasn't even went born a little yet. Better. The hunt went a little better than the rest of it. They didn't yes. get the, you know, the white stag they were looking for, but they did get a stag. Yeah, There's yeah. a little thing where Renera ran off with Kristen, but overall that went a lot better than the other two attempts. But Exactly. Can we, last, last yeah. comment I would make about the the parts of this episode five, which I, I agree was, was probably the weakest so far, that felt somewhat clunky. And like, did I think some of it they weren't giving enough credit to the the viewer? I know where you're going with this. I think that stood, yeah, that stood in, in stark <laughs> nailed it. Mm-hmm, nailed stark it. contrast to episode four, which I thought gave a lot of credit to yeah. the viewer, where mm-hmm. it's like figuring out what happened with Damon in terms of why he couldn't follow through, in terms of all of the times where Renera's lying and saying one thing, Damon's lying and saying another thing. They never just spell it out for you what happened. <laughs> I know exactly uh, where you're going with this because it made me so However, mad when I watched it. I was like, you know what, man? Okay. F this episode, for real. Like, when they said <laughs> okay, this to I me... I hope this is the right It moment. is, dude. Uh, okay, where well, he's like, this is a quote from our buddy that we just remembered the name of, uh, Laris Straw. Yep. Is yep, this right? Yep, Joel? this okay. is it. Hey. Where he's like, so there's this big moment. Allison shows up late. Yeah. She shows up in her green dress. So annoying. And we get this moment where Lyris leans over. He's like, do you know what color? The, I don't have the exact quote. I he's have like, it. Do you know what color? <laughs> okay, can you say it, Charles? I'll ask you the question you can answer. The beacon of Hightower. <laughs> do you know what color it glows when Old Town calls its banners to war? Uh, Green? <laughs> Did you watch the after the episode too? Yes, where the yes, guy, I was going to talk about that. Can I talk say, about say, it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, yeah. Because I watch after the episode and the guy, showrunner or whatever, he's like, ah, it was really subtle what we did there with the. I with wonder the green if the audience dress. got and it. did explain it. Yeah. He's like, we did explain it in a line of dialogue explicitly and clearly however no he didn't say clearly just like we did explain it in a line of dialogue however it's still really subtle and i'm curious to see and then they played that scene again are able to (laughs) it's like i'm curious to see how many viewers were able to pick up on this really subtle thing we did that low key pissed me off (laughs) really yeah oh yeah it's like you think we're all really really dumb don't you? I was <laughs> like, like, was this show written by six different people? Like, what? Are, what is this? Like, the episode four we got was so rich with, I know, like metaphor and juxtaposition and like thought-provoking scenes, not just of dialogue but of actual imagery. And then this is like, 
obviously she comes in late and interrupts the wedding and she's wearing green and she's marching her house colors too you know allison's doing a great job of like owning it being the queen like boss queen like walking through the wedding right and we know we instantly i knew okay she's obviously directly defying the king in this moment on purpose the whole thing where's allison Ooh, where's allison she's making us all wait and then she interrupts his speech mid-sentence to make this entrance and then you dare not wearing targaryen colors even if you even if you aren't plugged in on the high tower it was a very bright color that stood out from everyone else obviously the outfit was a huge piece of it whether you knew the colors or not that it's the outfit stood out like allison did the actress did a fantastic job of translating that through her performance the costume designer did a fantastic job of making it stand out through her art or their art of making a costume right it's all there beautifully done you don't have to say and then they insult my intelligence (laughs) they insult me at the base (laughs) yours particularly charles i felt personally (laughs) attacked i'm like i don't like this lair's character and i don't like whoever wrote this episode because i don't like the way i'm being treated right now this is not fair i didn't write i didn't sign up for this okay i'm the same guy that watched episode four and three and two and one. Like, give me some kind of credit. I, I had to when we when I watched it the second time. I was like, I need to get that quote exactly because I want to say it again on the air because this was the thing that annoyed me most in television in months. <laughs> wow, <laughs> I was so annoyed by it. It was like not fair. Uh, and then the after thing where the guys like, I don't know if the audience got it we did say it explicitly in dialogue yeah, and then they showed yeah. the scene again i was like that's too much now you can't say you don't know if we got it after you explicitly say it in dialogue oh i can't even think about it, it makes me so mad yeah that was a annoying 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 line of dialogue scene i i mean i don't think it will go down in infamy in, at the same level but i really feel like this deserves meme level infamy at the same level as the like Daenerys kind of forgot. Yeah. Uh, you know, the famous after the episode from like Ben. Oh, who could Weiss. forget? You know that one. That <laughs> I think this this offended me more. Oh, way more offensive. Because like <laughs> characters can forget stuff, even if that is obviously not what happened. Like right. it's fine. Like plausible deniability there. But you can't say, oh, I wonder if the audience got it when you hit us over the head with it and then you show the scene again. I'm I'm insulted. Yeah. I'm insulted. I'm sorry. I'm due an apology yeah. and at least <laughs> the next episode was good. I was at least episode six was good. But Yeah. Yeah, that was inexcusable. I did not like that at all. The beacon of high tower. Do you know what color it glows when old and then <laughs> he asks the question, like, do you know what color it glows, guys? Do you know? It's like, yeah, we can guess that <laughs> it's green. A, take a guess. <laughs> I'm gonna guess green. Okay, that's Mr. Strong. That's going to be my guess. Ugh, so annoying. So annoying. The the My favorite part of that episode, though, I feel like I have to say nice things now to dial all that. Because that scene, agreed, horrible. That's about as critical as, we, as we've gotten on House of the Dragon by a long shot. By a long shot. It's a great a show. reminder, we love this show. We do. But, I mean, that moment deserves the flack. It deserves the flack. How dare you wonder if I understood that? 
when you say it so explicitly. <laughs> There's a lot of things you can wonder if I understand or not. Okay, a lot of things, but not that. Um, so to cut it back. I mean, yeah, if they just, sorry. If yeah, they just, <laughs> I mean, if they were just like, look, we're a little worried that people wouldn't understand if we just, like this after the episode right. in, the, in the interview, if he was like, we're a little worried people wouldn't understand it. So we did get this line of dialogue out there that we know might be on the nose, but it's important yeah, that would have been... to understand this. Then it's not so bad. I mean, it's still yes. like, okay, that it's was like That line still sucks. You shouldn't have but done it. we can it. move on. But I appreciate right. that you acknowledged <laughs> it and accepted accountability for it, right? But even like, if, this is and also, wouldn't it have been more interesting? I think of the... <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, I, exactly. Uh, it's like, this is how lowly I think of our of our viewers where I still am not sure if they're going to get this after we explained it explicitly. This is how we end up getting like zombie polar bears and the whole like, Ooh, trapped in the middle of the ice uh, in Game of Thrones. Yeah. This is how they think this low of us that we would accept this. But it also wouldn't it have been more interesting if there was that dialogue scene was completely taken out and it's just the queen marching. And then it's the, after the episode, it's like, yeah, we wonder if fans know that, you know, mm. the Old Town lights their banners green when they go to war. Then it's like, I could have assumed that from looking at it, but maybe I don't I don't keep track of all the colors. It's like, oh, okay, that's at least a piece of trivia that you're telling me afterwards. You know, even right. that would have been better than what they did. And I got to be honest, oh, all that the... That would have been great. Yeah, I mean, because it would have actually been I mean, something been interesting well and a piece of trivia. We would have actually learned something. I think that's my biggest issue with the, like, after the episodes. It's not really a behind the scenes. They don't really give you more that much. They just kind of explain what we already saw. I'm like, teach me something new, guys. Come on, like, show me... Some, give me something. I, I haven't really quite found those entertaining yet. <laughs> Just gonna come out. I also safe. think Viserys still, even with all the exposition, I still think Viserys didn't understand. <laughs> he probably what the dress no idea. He just let. <laughs> He's like, wow, Allison, she looks great in green. Yeah, she lets Allison like go all over, like disrespect him at every turn, and and that uh, meeting, and especially more- after the time skip. Oh, yeah. But even now, where she's literally walking up to her uncle, and her uncle's like, Old Town stands with you, my queen. And it's like, you got this is happening right in front of you. He's Meanwhile, he's like cutting his goose aggressively, like not doing anything. And the goose is like <laughs> flopping around on his plate. You're like, what is this guy doing? You've got Damon showing up, and he could got, literally go to a, call a guard over just... and say, grab her by the arm right. and bring her to the table and don't. Make sure she doesn't get up. And he could have done that. And he would have saved so much face doing that. Not that I'm thinking it would be the right thing to do to another human being or anything. But if I was him, that's what I would have done. I'd have been like, sit down. You're not getting up. Like, I wouldn't have made her late either. I would drag her in. Like, this is too crazy. But he's not (laughs) thinking that. He's like, oh, I have seven days of feasting and everyone's going to love it. Everyone's disrespecting him at every turn. Damon's sitting there disrespecting him. Allison's there disrespecting him. It's like, come on, man. Get your head out of that goose or whatever it was. Quail. (laughs) But Charles, I remember you saying there's something you liked about this episode that you wanted to get into. (laughs) Great segue, and there certainly is. Uh, The very beginning of this episode, 
Um, well, not the very beginning, because that's with Damon and Rhea Rice, which was an okay scene. I liked it. But my favorite is probably with Otto and Allison. That conversation yes. they're having in the rain where Otto's leaving. He was fired in the last episode, which I think was the right move, by the way, to fire him. If I was Viserys, I would have fired his ass a long time ago. But <laughs> I love how you're going with fired. <laughs> <laughs> he was because... fired. Sure, I just don't think fired is in the lexicon in Westeros, but yeah. Yeah, the severance package didn't look that that great, not going to (laughs) lie. The severance package looked really weak. He's standing out in the rain, about to get dragged out of town. But, um, you know, he kind of scares Allison with the truth, and he doesn't even, like, go one side or the other. I thought this scene was really good dialogue, where he's basically like, Renera will put like he's there's one point she's like I don't want you to leave or whatever like why is this happening and he goes you chose Renera like right out of the bat and this was a really I think a mo- like Allison's last moment before she grew up I think she needed these moments yeah. to be like you made the mistake of trusting Renera over your family that's the first thing you did wrong Renera will put the sword to you and your children she'll have no choice not that he thinks Rhaenyra is an evil person who wants to kill her kids. It's literally like, look, these are the facts, kid. You got to look past your relationship with Rhaenyra to see that this is going to end in one of two ways. And he goes, so either prepare your son to rule or go to Rhaenyra and plead for mercy because those are your only two options now. And Alicent is crying. She's scared. Another great performance. And, you know, it's a really powerful scene. And then I think she takes those lessons and internalizes them, and that's how we get um, the dress that she wore, which you know, Dylan. It's it's the it's the color green, which the beacons of Old Town light their beacons green when they call their banners oh. to war. That's why she wears. So that's it. why she wore green. Exactly. Ah. Exactly. Okay. Okay. It's all connected. The banners of Old Town, man. So yeah, that's that is a fantastic oh. scene. Loved it. And Old Town must be where the high towers live. <laughs> that's right. Oh, and they're okay. calling so to war, the which means that she might be, you know, going up against Rhaenyra and Viserys and all these other people. You know, I, I think she's ready to to stake her claim to the throne, man. Oh, like a war, like two, like when people are opposing each other. Okay. Yeah, this is a metaphorical okay. a war in politics, not so much a bunch of soldiers ah. fighting each other. Yeah, yeah. Mm. Mm. They should have written that into the line. I think um, what's his face should have gone <laughs> a little bit more. He's like green. It's like yeah. It's like but no one's fighting right now. It's like no, no one's fighting. It's a metaphor for her standing up for herself in front of her husband and her friend, who's also the heir apparent. It's like, oh, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah, we needed, we needed clarification Because they do too, say, they do say a bunch roles. of times, it's like, you know, going to be the queen, and her son's going to be the king, and your son should be the king but isn't. It's like, they do say that about 20 times this episode <laughs> also. So, point delivered. But the best time it was done was Otto acting against Alicent. Great scene, great performances, well written. All of it was beautiful. Yes, and Otto's point was certainly delivered as well to Allison. Yes. That is a fantastic scene, the acting like you mentioned. Otto, so I might totally mispronounce this, Reese Afons, I okay. believe. Uh, that's Shut a person up. that plays Sir Otto Hightower. And 
I feel like he's one of the strongest actors in the whole show. Yeah. He's killing it, He right? reminds me of Tywin where he just has that authoritative presence. Like, you buy that this is a very smart, politically strong, confident man. And I, and I like that about his performance. But he's got this compassion to him. I even like when he's scolding her. He's not even saying kill Rhaenyra. He's like, you either need to kill her or you need to beg for mercy. Like, he's still giving options. He's not letting bias come into play. He's not vengeful anyway. He's just being practical about what has to happen. He's being very real with her. And that can be scary when you're faced with two really tough choices. But it's important to hear. And I, I think he straddles that. He's like a compassionate Tywin, right? Where it's like, you could beg for mercy. Because like, he even gives her like a little hug at the end, yeah, if I'm remembering yeah, correctly. Yeah. It's like there's true empathy, compassion, and, and fatherly paternal love for sure uh, heading her way in that scene. And such a delicate line for an actor to walk. Mm-hmm. Like you so easily could play that as this like non-caring uh, political you chose uh, Rhaenyra now I'm in like, the rain he's mad <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, you know I hate the rain and umbrellas aren't invented yet yeah, this is your fault Rhaenyra <laughs> <laughs> or this is your right. fault Alison oh uh, yeah true. but yeah he he straddles that line extremely well like you said he gives options but he's he's right mm-hmm. and he knows look you have a little Aegon Targaryen running around. Aegon, that's the name you went with. Yeah. <laughs> like, you know, like the Conqueror, yeah. like the first Targaryen to come over here and unite the Seven Kingdoms. Right. That's the name you went for. And you, if you think for a second that down the line, Rhaenyra is just going to be cool with a little Aegon Targaryen, who's the firstborn son of the last king, running around and she's not going to be basically forced to put your kids to the sword Mm -hmm. you're just being naive yeah and it's it sucks but he's i think he's right yeah and we even probably was being she was being very naive oh 100 percent yeah 100 percent i mean there's things she she could have still done like in terms of being balanced between Renera and her dad that wouldn't have been like inherently naive Mm -hmm. but the way that she did approach it I think was totally naive and I think she's like you know what's interesting Charles is we won't get too much into episode six but it's cool to see Allison then give like the same speech to yeah. To her son, Aegon, mm-hmm. which, by the way, I mean, I just got to say, what the hell was going on with that scene <laughs> where she walks in on him and he's, you know, at the window, you know, he's taking care <laughs> of him. Yeah, he's at the window. He's uh, he's right where Tom and Baratheon, rest in peace, R. went R. down. <laughs> right? It's like, I was looking at that, I was like, this is, what's going on here? The last time I saw a silhouette of a of a boy standing over there, he was, yeah. he was taking a, a drop. Man, what a powerful was, uh, scene that was. I mean, that was a, a fantastic episode of Game of Thrones, by the way. That uh, whole episode. We watched episode, that one together. My, yeah, we did. We were literally standing up being yeah. like, what is happening? Multiple times. Beautiful work of art that episode was. But yeah, that was... That's one of the last great episodes of Game of Thrones. I think it may have been. Yeah, that was a beauty. Yeah. Truly incredible. Yeah. But... Uh, I mean, that's one where Cersei takes down the... 
the um, uh, the sep, right? Yep, um, yep. She blows up the sep with the um, wildfire. Wildfire, yeah, yeah. Right. Tommen jumps out the window. We're like, and anyway, we get a lot of a lot of deaths that were extremely impactful all like all at once in that episode of game of thrones and i think to bring it back to house of the dragon that's a place where the time skips actually have kept us from getting that same level of impact Mm -hmm. from the the deaths that we used to from game of thrones where like you were saying joffrey just kind of comes in and then he's dead yeah and it's like oh okay i guess I guess that happened, uh, and we get a bunch more of those. In yeah, like Damon's six, wife, where characters kills his wife. Like we meet her, and then she dies. His wife. Like, okay. Oh, you're talking about yeah. In episode five, Damon's the beginning of episode. Damon five. wives keep dying, so yeah. I'm just trying to keep track. Ah, <laughs> uh, yes, I can um, see the, where you were confused with that. Uh, it's Damon's that wife, Rhea Reese. Right, right. Yes. She was great. Yeah, just, <laughs> I knew you couldn't finish. Yeah, like, for, come on, that's a great last line. <laughs> Oh yeah, two. <laughs> especially ap- after episode four. So it's uh, he's already having some problems with like oh. impotence, and geez. she said the wrong <laughs> she, thing. She really I probably right. would have kept my mouth shut. It looked like she was going to get away with Me her too. life intact, but she went for it, and uh, it was entertaining. You know, you gotta love her for that. But the showman in her just couldn't resist. Uh, yeah, but yeah, it's interesting. He showed up in like a. Weird Obi Wan Kenobi. Yeah. It's a really weird looking <laughs> hood. Like, it was like really big. Right. It's like, what are you doing, man? Like, I did find that the fit to necessary. be a bit distracting. I was like, this is some kind yeah. of fashion. I don't. I'm not <laughs> gelling with right now. But right. props to the like, actor Matt Smith for looking for still pulling off a perf- honest performance in that. <laughs> oh yeah, I mean he's he's done incredible this whole series. I'm mm-hmm. glad. I'm glad that he's uh, he's making it through the time skip. Yeah, he didn't get also aged say out. for some reason, yeah, Kristen Cole just doesn't age because <laughs> I feel like he's relatively young, and they're just like, you know what? He just looks the same. He gets a pass. He gets people, a pass. Matt Smith right. gets a pass. Uh, Viserys gets a pass, but we need to put him in lots of makeup. Um, yeah. yeah, Viserys didn't quite. I mean, the actor kept going, but to get a pass, I mean, that guy really they how much time is that guy spending in the chair yeah. with them putting the makeup on? Yeah, I mean, he's going not through it. Pass. Yeah. You're right, right. Yeah. But, um, but what are we talking Kristen about? Kristen looks exactly the same. The time skip. <laughs> time skip. We're talking about the actors. <laughs> yeah, yeah, the yeah, yeah. Okay, the time skip and the investment in the characters. Right, right, right. Right. Oh, sorry. Going back to the, the actual point, uh, it's about the impact of the of the deaths and how we kind of get introduced to characters then they're killed off it happens very quickly and i don't think i think something that has been missing from this house of the dragon uh, season so far is an actual like really impactful death besides like the the way a character dies has been impactful mm-hmm. in terms of i'm i'm thinking about um the, the original queen her death was impactful. Oh, yeah, yeah, like yeah. What happened was so Because it's so graphic horrible. and horrible, yeah. But in terms of do we care that much about... It was like Emma, basically, but spelt weird. Right. Like, do we care about her as a character that much? Not yet, because it was the same thing. Like, she'd just been introduced as the first episode. So I feel like that's been... Game of Thrones was so famous for 
these deaths, anyone can die, and when they do die, it hits you so hard. And they just it's a tall order. That's a really that. hard yeah. thing. If you could do that reliably, then you could make tons of money and have a great show. I just think that just goes to show you how strong Game of Thrones really was, and that work was by by George, where it's um, just so much that happened in that was so incredible and and provocative and shocking and intriguing and that's a hard thing to live up to and we'll see where the show's going i mean the characters that we have had we're now watching them age and have children of their own like it's very interesting i like the dynamic it reminds me a lot of the series we're reading by joe abercrombie right now where like you skip generations and like knowing how the past generation lived and who these new generation of characters are. Like it's a really interesting narrative dynamic that I'm excited about this show going into. It was really well done in Joe Abercrombie's work. I'm talking about um, the age of madness, but um, yeah, for those of you that haven't read it, that that's a good one. But even going just to see in house of the dragon, it's like, let's like, this is an interesting change for our characters and I'm excited to see where it goes. Yeah, as a character in Joe Abercrombie's first law series says, uh, the seeds of the past bear fruit in the present. And Mm. it's interesting to see the seeds of the past, the turmoil and all this uh, succession, all these succession issues Mm -hmm. and the... Just really, most of all, the relationships between Allison, Renera, Kristen Cole, and all that makes it's interesting to see those seeds bearing fruit in the present generation of the time skip where you've got all these kids who they pretty much have inherited the feuds. Yeah. Of Allison's like, do you think and... he'll stay your playmate forever? <laughs> it's like, whoa, okay. <laughs> like, here we go. Yeah. <laughs> We're planting those seeds, yeah. man. Like right here, you're being born into this feud. <laughs> exactly. And I feel for them because it's, I mean, Aegon, for example, clearly he's, he's got some things to work out uh, based on his, uh, some of his behaviors, yeah, but yeah. he's also, like in that moment he was showing not a lot of interest in the throne or anything he's like oh then i just won't yeah. <laughs> like i won't cause any issues and then we'll be fine yeah, exactly giving the, you're so naive <laughs> like you know passing down what her father said to her so we're just seeing generations passing down in some ways trauma in some ways feuds and in some ways advice mm-hmm. and we'll see how that all turns out in the long run but Right, I think there, right now is probably a time to to close the book on the early years. I will agree. You know, there's an interesting line that happens in episode five where uh, Viserys and Lord Corlys are are discussing the terms of the betrothal between Rhaenyra and I forget his name, uh, the Targaryen son, and they're like, "Well, obviously, the Targaryen son." I mean, um. Um, Valyrian's son and Uh, the one that Rhaenyra marries and they go oh well you know if they have children their last name would be Valyrian and uh, Viserys is like surely Lord Corlys you're not proposing the Targaryen dynasty end with my daughter simply because she is a woman and that could be a sentence you can take in passing in context and being like oh yeah he just he doesn't 
want his heir's last name to be not Targaryen. But my list, my like keen, like read a lot of fantasy the ears same perked ear, up. Yeah, the <laughs> same ear that had you understanding <laughs> the complexity at play when it came to Allison's green dress. Yes. That ear tuned into something else here. Charles. I turned into something else because. She, like it may be more literal than that, you know, as a foreshadowing element Ooh. of propose the Targaryen dynasty ending simply because Rhaenyra is a woman, and that certainly was an inciting incident for all of these things. And surely the Targaryen dynasty won't end because of all that, but uh, you don't know, and that's the uncertainty we're going into in these later years episodes. But it certainly does close the book on the early years and. Well, I think it's... Yeah, luckily there's lots of tension around what will happen with the Targaryen line because we have no idea what happens <laughs> 200 years in the future right. at all. Yeah, It's, it's prequel problems. Yeah, prequel. And we're also super invested in them passing down the Song of Ice and Fire. <laughs> yeah, that's... Like, warning, let that go. Even though guys. we know that won't happen. <laughs> it wasn't even interesting in Game of up... Thrones, let alone no. going to be interesting in this prequel. <laughs> like... Right. The prophecy was barely mentioned. No one cared about the prophecy in the show where it was actually happening. Whatever. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, it was Arya, right? <laughs> totally. Totally. Apparently. <sighs> well, I think we've talked enough about the first half of House of the Dragon. Looking forward to the second half, of course. Um, yeah, great performances. These actors will be missed. I am telling you, I really enjoyed the performances of Alicent and of Rhaenyra. Those two actresses are going to be sorely missed, but I'm ready to give new actresses and actors opportunities to thrive in the roles too. So I'm open to it. For sure. And I feel like those two actors are going to be fine. Yeah. I mean, they're going to, I feel like this was, this is kind of cool. I think for them from a career perspective where Mm -hmm. they got thrust. I mean, they're both very young. Mm -hmm. They got thrust into this spotlight in Mm -hmm. this show that's setting records for viewership. And now they kind of go out on top and they can (laughs) go do probably like whatever they want. They're going to be so in demand now. So I'm excited for both of their careers, and Me I'm too. also excited to move forward with House of the Dragon with these uh, these new actors. Well said, and we'll have to come back again and finish our conversations. Will they explain more heavy-handed metaphors to us? Who knows? Maybe they will, maybe they what won't. What dress will Allison wear at the next wedding? <laughs> will they explain it once? Why will, will it they be explain what it twice? It <laughs> Will they remind us again about why, like, the whole relationship between Rhaenyra's son and Alicent's son and why that's a problem? Maybe they'll say it for the 200th time in episode seven, but we'll never, we'll never and then know. after the episode, will they remind us again and d- d- just insult our intelligence directly? <laughs> Stay tuned. Stay tuned. We, I'm excited. I can't wait. Think of me, guys, when you get to that after the episode, uh, just in case, because you know I'm watching it with you. You know Charles will be watching. I'm watching it with you. I'm reacting with you guys. I, I'm 
I'm I'm with I we suffer collectively and we celebrate collectively I would say as well mm-hmm. so uh, speaking of uh celebrating why don't we celebrate with a little sweet sweet outro music let's get that sweet sweet outro music pumping Charles all right here we go Thank you, everyone, one and all, for listening to yet another very exciting episode of the Friends Talking Fantasy Podcast. If you like what you heard today, let us know over on social media. Dylan's doing a great job there, interacting with everyone that comes by, answering questions, giving recommendations, receiving recommendations. We're always there, and that's over on Instagram at the FDF Podcast and Twitter at the FDF Podcast with a number one at the end. Now, Dylan, if they like what they heard today and they want to support the show even further than following us on social media, what can they do? Toss five stars to our podcast, and we're especially asking all you awesome folks on Spotify to throw us five stars. It's super easy. Just two clicks at the top of that page of all our episodes, so gonna be really really awesome if it's over half of you that are listening on spotify if you're able to help us out there also apple podcasts you can throw us five stars and even a review if you like but just listening is more than enough thank you so much for doing that thank you all so much for listening you guys are the best dylan do you think that's uh do do you know what song we play when we're ready to to end the show the sweet sweet outro. we play the sweet sweet outro do you think all the listeners at home understood that i know we said we were gonna play well, it, it and then we subtle. played it but i i hope they got it it was subtle in how directly we said it well you see you did this thing where you were like mm. oh, i think it's time for the sweet sweet outro music yeah. and just in case they didn't get it i was like get that sweet sweet outro music pumping okay uh, but i'm glad that this after the episode we're ensuring that we explained again and it was really subtle so i'm not sure if our mm-hmm. listeners will, will get it well you know that's just gonna have to be a little bit of tidbit of trivia ftf trivia for the true fans mm-hmm. that listen to the end because there's no other way to really know it's asking a lot to interpret that information but uh guys that's why we always do these after the episode yeah. discussions oh, yeah. <laughs> that's <Every> funny <laughs> we, we should have ended it and then done an after the episode and explained it that would have been funny maybe we record that later that has some legs i don't hate that, that. like an after the episode yeah. recording session released on like you know just other thing on Twitter or something. That's funny. We should, I should get like a red jacket and a brown leather coat. I mean, we could also just <laughs> I mean, like a video of it. <laughs> I don't know if we can get fancy enough for video, but it would be funny. I think it'd be. I mean, we could always just have the outro music stop, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. And then we come in with the discussion like that. Yeah. And we can even just use what we just had. Yeah, that's true. That's true. We could end it and then do like the after episode thing. But uh, well, guys, the song's ended. So see you later. (laughs) Goodbye. Wait, did you say go forth and conquer? Oh, my God. I didn't say that. And as always, friends. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. What a 180 episode streak. And I almost didn't finish. Oh, my goodness. I saved you there. Thank goodness. Well, yeah. I mean, there's a joke to be made with the didn't finish, with the, with the thing that happened to <laughs> yeah, Damon's yeah, wife, yeah, yeah. but I, I don't have it. I don't, Unlike Damon, I always finish the episode, 
And I always finish it with my catchphrase. All right, friends, thanks for listening. And as always, go forth and conquer, friends.